On today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, Pastor Neil continues his study, No Man Ever Spoke Like This Man. Today's message is from Sunday morning, April 22nd, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. Jesus said to the, those Jews who believed him, verse 30 speaks of belief, verse 31 speaks of belief, but there are two different types of belief. One is endure to believe and stand upon Jesus, but verse 31 is more than I'm gauging him. I, I believe that he lives. I believe that he's a prophet. I believe that he is somebody spiritual. I just don't know that I'm able or I'm ready to commit myself in this belief. It's different because churches are full this morning of people who've heard of Jesus, who come to church, but they're not committed to Jesus. That's good by itself, amen? If you abide in my word and you are my disciples, believe will give way to discipleship as we are transformed and sanctified. Indeed, verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth, the old church you say, shall set you free or make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. This, this statement, I, I just, I'm amazed by it. I have never been in bondage to anyone. It's a foolish statement. They're, they were in bondage joy right then to Rome, but they weren't speaking of physical bondage. They have an arrogance and audacity to claim that they at no time have ever been in spiritual bondage. There are people in this house this morning who are bound by afflictions and addictions and struggles and mindsets, but the problem is you don't think you're bound. And until you understand that you are bound, you can never be free. But if you understand that you've got a struggle and a trial, and you don't care what your friend thinks about you, but you're just tired of living the way that you've been living, God can set you free this morning. Amen. But he's still a gentleman. He's not going to make you be free, but he will set you free. Amen. How can you say we will be made free? Verse 34, please. Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. I was just shouting verses. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I want to preach just for a few moments. No man has ever spoke like this man. I feel him in this house. We do have a special need that's just been texted to my phone. Mary Alice is in special need of prayer this morning. And Robert Wilson, we want to remember them. Would you stretch your hand this way, please? I want God to this house. I want him to move and breathe. Victoria, right where you're standing, would you pray that the congregation would receive the word of the Lord? Would you do that, please, Victoria? You may be seated this morning. No man, Jesus in his teaching and truth is so powerful that in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, which is we call the blessed life, he totally changed, changes the thinking of all humanity. And then he had the audacity not to leave that because that was more than enough to take. 
he goes on and says things like this. You say that they've committed adultery, but I say if a man looks upon the woman and lusts in his heart, he hath committed adultery already. No man's ever spoke like that man. Now Sister would have a little confrontation with Jesus maybe one day. She would say something, he may look, but if he touches, I'm gonna shoot him. You understand what I'm saying? But Jesus was not confined to my wife's thinking. He understood that the heart is what really matters. He would take it further. Anybody can love their neighbor. Anybody can love somebody that does good by them, Luke 14. He says, but if you truly are a child of mine, you love your enemies. You bless them and not curse. No man has ever spoke like this man. One of the reasons that Jesus was so powerful in his speaking is that he is truth personified. He is God dwelling in human flesh, what the old church used to call tabernacled in human flesh. Not only is the truth going to flow because he cannot lie, but the great thing about that truth that it is not damned up by anything, meaning that nothing contains it. Because since he cannot lie, thus he's not afraid of who he's speaking to or afraid of the reaction. People will lie to you because they want the right reaction. I don't like confrontation. But just because you and I don't like confrontation does not give us the right to lie to somebody. We must speak truth at all times in love. Jesus was not afraid of his congregation. So whatever the truth was that needed to be spoken, he spoke that truth. Now we find in John 8 that there is now at the Feast of the Tabernacles, the end of that season here in Jerusalem, that Jesus now is being confronted by those who resisted him. Not only is he truth about to be spoken, he is truth about to be spoken to a people who did not want to hear the truth. I know about that sometimes. Over 20 years of preaching, there have been times in the pulpit that I've stood behind the sacred desk and I knew that the congregation did not want to hear what was about to be spoken. I was taking a church vote one time of a church that was split, split right down the middle. And the Holy Ghost said, you go to the book of Corinthians and you tell them about how I want my church to look like and behave in the middle of a hard season. I preached that word. At first it was confrontational, but the more that the Holy Ghost came into the house, the more that the people of God heard the truth and before the night was over people in the church were apologizing to each other you want to have a Holy Ghost revival let people start saying I'm sorry for doing you wrong oh you're quiet now when Jesus is preaching he's speaking to these people about freedom a people who thought that they were free but they were not free he speaks of this freedom because every one of us want to have freedom. But the problem is we don't understand what freedom really is. Freedom is not the chance to do what I want. Because even in the opportunity, opportunity to do what you want, you may not find freedom. The word of God tells us that there was a young boy who went to his father and said, Father, I want my inheritance and I want it right now. He is a teenager that is spoiled and he spoils so much that not only does he want his inheritance before time, he wants his inheritance because he thinks he has the ability and the wisdom to also maintain that inheritance. His father grants him that inheritance and when he grants him that inheritance, the Bible teaches us that he goes out and he lives riotously. He lives in such a way in sin that he brings shame upon himself and his family. And before that story this young man loses his inheritance. He's living in the hog pen. He has no money, no friends. He has nothing. Does it sound like freedom, does it? Listen, young people, you may think that you know what to do. And you may think 
You have everything up under control. But I'm telling you this morning, freedom is not the choice to do what you want. Because if that's freedom, it led this young man to bondage. That is not freedom. Can somebody say amen? amen. Freedom is being released to be what God has called you to be. That's freedom. Freedom is an open door and release that you fulfill every purpose that God has spoken over your life. You do not know what's good for your life. You are not wise enough in your flesh to dictate what your life should or should not become. I know you're 17 and you just got your driver's license, but I'm telling you this morning that you are not smart enough in your own flesh to understand what God has purposed in your life. Let me switch. Say amen. Jesus now at the temple court, he begins to speak on this freedom. And he says, if you'll go back with me, please, to the original verse, verse 31. He says to them here that Jesus said, if you believe and you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth and the tr truth shall set you free. If you want to walk in freedom, freedom comes first in belief that leads to discipleship. Without discipleship, there is no freedom in your life. Just coming to church and worshiping is not enough. Worship is the first step in following God, but it's not the last step. Yes, you love God, but if you love God, you will love people. And if you love people, you will serve humanity. It is a process of discipleship that every church person must go through. If you want to be free, you must be discipled. There is no other way around this. It's not coming to church one time a month. It's not coming to church two times a month. It's not checking off religious boxes that make you seem spiritual. It's not a bun on your head or dressed to your toes, you must be discipled in Jesus' name. If you want freedom, the freedom comes by knowing him. First of all, it's in belief. The difference between verse 30 and verse 31 is that some people believe to change and some people believe just enough so they do not look like the world. Just having belief in God is not enough. Your belief must lead you on a path. Not that you just believe about him or on him, but that you have trusted your life to him. It's not an intellectual grasp that God is calling you to. It's not about an argument of words. It's that God desires for you to commit to him and believe on him and take up your cross and follow him. There's a lot of popular preaching today that is preaching, but it's not biblical preaching. Five steps to the blessed life, three steps to get rich, four steps to prosperity, two steps to this, five steps to jump over the moon and come back, five steps to speak in tongues, five steps to this, 10 steps to, so your children will do this, five steps to a new Lamborghini, 10 steps, and you can find all these books in churches, but any message that does not speak of Jesus Christ, him crucified, and the cross of Calvary is not a gospel message. Period. It's a good book. It's a good book. The steps may work, but just because I have five steps to a diet losing 30 pounds doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost is in it. Hello? And we're building a church where people that we're inviting them to count their numbers, but they're not asking them to believe on Jesus Christ. I'm your pastor and your shepherd. I'm telling you, it's not enough to come to church. It's not enough that your grandma's buried across the road. It's not enough that your husband's full of the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to your life this morning. I'm speaking to you that come to church, but you're still bound. And that's why you don't like coming to church because you've got one foot in the world and one foot in the church and you're miserable when you come to church. You don't understand why 
people smile and sing. You don't understand how people, you know their stories and you know their backgrounds and you know their sins, but yet while ago you saw them cry when they sung about the blood. It's not that they're better than you. It's not that they didn't have sin in their life. It's just the fact that they believe he is who he says he is and that he was able to turn their life around. First is belief. Second, not only you've got to believe. No man has spoke like this. He says, you've got to continue in my word. It's not whether or not you like it. He didn't ask you, did it, does it feel good? He didn't ask you, does it seem palatable to your, your taste buds? He didn't ask you, do you think it should be there in written and read in the book of John? See, we don't continue in the word anymore because we've raised up a generation who either don't know the word or they don't like the word. We have traded our, I'm a preach to somebody, that's okay. We, we're trading our Sundays for what makes our kids feel good. We have knocked out our time with God and traded with the pleasures of this world. We forgot where Jesus told us to be careful for enjoying every pleasure that comes in this world. In fact, he says some of you enjoy it so much you're trying to stay here and you're trying to store it up. He said, but don't store up your treasures where dust and moth can touch it, but put your treasures in a place where man's hand can never touch it. Listen to me. You're not going to stay in this world. This world is passing through. But I've come to preach to a few people who have made up their mind that I've started this race with Jesus and I'm not turning my back on him no matter who falls by the wayside. Something happens when you believe and you start walking and you don't stop when you get your feelings hurt and you don't stop when the church vote don't go your way and you don't stop because you didn't get voted in and you don't stop because your child didn't get to sing or the best part of the Christmas play and you don't stop because somebody put you, who took your parking spot and you don't stop because you like Brother Hager more than you like Brother Nolan. Yes, I said that. And you don't stop because you like Brother Smith more than you like Brother Hager. And you don't stop because you like the Baptist more than you do the church of God but you made up your mind I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and I didn't come to play patty cake with the preacher and I didn't come to sing kumbaya with the deacons but I came because I once was lost but now I'm found and I've started on this journey and I can't turn around I can't turn around no I'm committed I'm committed when they fall by the wayside I'm committed when there's a Democrat or Republican in the office I'm not going to lose my mind because it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go but I'm made up my mind. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ in every step that he leads me on this earth. Amen. You're convicted by this. First is belief. Second is commitment. Nicodemus, I know you're a good man, but you must be committed and born again. Somebody say amen. amen. If you can get that, then thirdly, he says, if you will believe. And if you commit, then you will know the, oh, yes. You will know the truth. That means you will see things as they really are. Everybody wants to know the truth. Nobody wants to be cheated. But the problem is truth is the nature of seeing things not as you see them, not as your spouse sees them, not as the preacher sees them, but as they actually are not tainted by human hands. Amen. It's amazing to me. You can turn on Fox News, CNN News, 
and it can come, it can tell the same story, but if you listen to both of them, it seems like they're telling two different stories. I don't understand that because they're telling their truth and not God's truth. See, when you get saved and you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, he says you will see things as they really are, which means God will let you see past the illusions and the garbage and the lies and the misconceptions, no matter who are promoting them, media, churches, false religions, false devils, satanic oppression. He says it does not matter. God will put something in us that we can see the truth as it really is. The true truth and the permanent truth, which is a testament of your spiritual growth process, wherefore you are becoming wise and now you know the tricks of the devil. Can somebody say amen? amen. You know what? I know I'm saved and I've been going to church. And my preacher told me Sunday morning, if I wasn't happy, I could find happiness in myself. That's a lie. I heard on TV this week, somebody preached on that. If you want to make yourself happy, five steps and you can make yourself happy. Put on some skinny jeans, shave your head bald, find you a new girlfriend. But pastor, I'm already married, but you're not happy. See, truth is presented as truth even though it's a lie. Oh, but there is still a truth that is righteous. And there is still a truth that is holy who will set you free and give you the life that you've longed for. But it's not wrapped up in humanism. Hello? It's not wrapped up in man's philosophy. It is exactly what this man said. And that's where we are today. We've got to be able to see past the angles of society and understand if it's not in that word, then it is not true. Maybe it's a little old-fashioned preacher. I didn't mean it to come across that way, but I, I seem, it seems like it's coming. He says, you will know the truth. At 19, the enemy could trick me with some things because I was still growing. And I'm not saying he can't stop me now or trip me up, but it will not be the same things at 19, at 39. I know the truth. The truth, the enemy will say, you can just stay home and buy that thing on TV, and they said that you can make just as much money at home as you can. And that's why some people will quit their jobs and they'll follow something that's not tested. At 19, they'll say, just leave that person you're with because a woman or man can make you happy. Now at 39, you and I both know that's a lie. 45 girlfriends later, you're still trying to have the truth. Somebody just laugh at me, say hello, amen? See, you understand, you can see past that. I believe God is trying to raise up some people here at North Walhalla that you know the truth. And you've been through too much and you've seen too much to let some new charlatan come by and lie to you and twist this word and cause you to stumble. You are not slaves, but you're sons today. And God wants you to walk in this truth. Fourthly, if you know the truth, then the truth shall set you free. The truth will deliver you and permit you to be all that you are called to be. But, but to know this truth, you've got to see your present condition to understand that if God is trying to set you free, then he must set you free from something. Can somebody say amen? amen? He can't set you free if you're already free. So that means when you're lost, you're bound. Just it have to be just lost. Some people are saved, but their mind is still bound because they've not been sanctified. 
Some people are still bowing down. They're saved, but they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. And they're not walking in the Spirit, so they're bound. And I've come to preach this old word to let you know that for every lie, hang up, and trap of the enemy, every one of you that are bound by something, maybe it's gossip. We preach on adultery, but we don't preach on gossip a lot. But gossip can destroy a church. You're bound. You can't praise God because you feel convicted. The song was talking about the blood, but you can't because you know you spent an hour last night on the phone talking about somebody in church. See, you're bound this morning. God wanted you to worship, but you're bound. It may not be gossip. Maybe you're a thief. Maybe you're a liar. Maybe you're a cheat. Maybe something's going on in your life right now and you can't move forward. Didn't I tell you that freedom is being who God has called you to be and reaching your full potential in God? That is freedom this morning. The enemy wants to keep you from that. So to do that, he wants to keep you bound. But I've come to preach to somebody. He still sets the captive free. I want to press this a little more. You say, Brother Nolan, I want to come to church, but I'm still bound by prescription drugs. Let me tell you, he still sets the captive free. Brother Nolan, I'm bound by pornography. He still sets the captives free. Brother Nolan, I'm bound by substance addiction. He still sets the captives free. But to do that, you've got to believe. You've got to commit. You've got to know the truth. You can't believe the lies of the government. You can't believe the lies of false preachers. You can't believe the lies of people telling you you're saved, you're on your way to heaven, so it does not matter. Listen, if you're on your way to heaven, then live like you're on your way to heaven. You shouldn't, come on, give him praise in this house. I'm going to preach a little while now. I'm coming to let somebody know God wants you free. Listen to me, minister. God's called you the minister, but you're afraid to minister. You're like me. I was always afraid of what people thought. It wasn't until I went to a tragedy in my life that I didn't cause that God took that away from me. And I realized then God told me, don't you worry about what people say. If you get caught up on what they say, you'll never move in me. But if you'll listen to me, I'll do something in you that they will marvel about. And for those that won't follow, don't worry about them. I'll send you people that will follow as you preach the word. I come to preach to a minister yourself saved and you believe. You're committed to God but you're afraid. You're afraid because you don't preach like somebody else. You're afraid because you don't sing like somebody else. You're afraid because your pedigree is not like somebody else. Let me tell you, did God not call you? If God called you, don't be afraid of what you're not. Be thankful who he is. If God called you, he'll equip you. And if God equip you, he'll place you. And if God will place you, he'll use you. And if God will use you, he'll use you to turn this world upside down. Be free in the name of Jesus. Christ. God's not give you the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. I come to cast out that spirit of timidity this morning. I come to look at the young Timothys of the house and say don't be afraid about what they say about you. You be who God has called you to be. You are a giant in the eyes of God. You may be small in the eyes of man but you're a giant in the eyes of God. When you humble yourself my Bible tells me if you will humble yourself he will exalt you in due season and place you in a place where God can use you. Some of you are bound by anger this morning. You've been touched wrong, done wrong, said wrong, looked at wrong, and left for dead. And now you're mad at that person. I want you to forgive them this morning. My Bible says that there's 
power of forgiveness. And if you are free them, I didn't say you've got to go play golf with them. I didn't say you've got to go back to that family member and put yourself in the same situation. There's some people that I love, but I don't like. That doesn't mean I got to love them to get to heaven, but I don't have to sit at their house all day long. You want to know why? Because the Bible lets us know there's certain things like that, but I have to forgive them. I have to release them because as I release them, I also release myself to be free in the name of Jesus Christ. What about guilt this morning? You're bound by guilt. 30 years ago, you did a deed and you're still bound by it. Yes, you've got a DUI. But let me tell you, there's other people that should have got it, but they didn't. They just didn't get caught. Your affair was public knowledge. Their affair just didn't come out. Your divorce was in front of everybody. They're still married, but they're just not together. And so what happens is you've got guilt in your life. Romans 8 and 1 says, Now there is therefore no condemnation for them that are positionally in Christ Jesus the Lord. If God has saved you, I want you to be free. Well, Brother Noah, the church keeps reminding me about this and that. You tell those so-called church people to come back to an altar and remember what God's delivered them from. It's like what Danny said at Easter. I didn't live like the drunkards and I didn't live like the adulterers. Danny said that from the pulpit. He said, I lived a shelter life. He said, but the same blood it took to save them was the same blood it took to save me. There's no difference in Christ Jesus the Lord. I've got 10 minutes to stay with me this morning. I want you free. What good is coming to church and not being free? Jesus wanted you free today. Not bound by any substance. Not bound by addictions. Not bound by spiritual stronghold. Not bound by wickedness in high places. But free in Jesus Christ. Free to sing your song of praise. Free to dance your dance of praise. Some of you young people this morning, you may be in a bad relationship dating somebody who has you bound. You better pray about that this morning. If you've got to hide your faith to that significant other, then they're not your significant other. If you're dating somebody that you can't tell them that you come from a true Pentecostal church who preaches fire and sings the glory down, you might have to tell little Susie to go on down the road. Everybody look this way to the young people and tell them that's the truth. As we become a disciple of Jesus Christ, the beauty of the gospel is that it sets us free. And if it sets us free, then we're free indeed. But here's the problem as I close. The problem is I preach to close ears sometimes because there are people in the house that are just like these people who look Jesus in the eyes and say, who are you talking to? This is where I want to stay the last 10 minutes. They looked at him and said, how dare you say that to me? We are Abraham's children. We have never been bound by anyone. That's one of the most foolish statements that you can read through all the scripture. They were bound by the Babylonians, the Assyrians. At that present time, they were bound by Rome itself. But they were saying to them, we're not bound. But they were not basing their bondage on physical bondage. Pastor Goblin, what they were saying was that we are God's chosen people and we will worship the way that we want to worship and nobody will get in our business and tell us what to do. And who do you think you are, Jesus of Nazareth? You Galilean? 
How dare you stand to us? I know in John 6, you try to convince us you're the bread of life, but we like Moses' manna better, not your bread. So why do you tell us this now? Because we have never been in any type bondage, and that's the problem. Just like those people back then, there are people here today and people that will listen online and people that will buy our CDs who you're sitting in your car or your home or you're in this congregation and even though you know I'm preaching the truth, now at the time that you must receive it, you say to yourself, I am not bound. It's not a big sin. It's a little sin. It's a private sin. It's a sin when my wife goes to bed. It's a little drinking for the stomach's sake. I'm not a drunkard. I just drank for the stomach's sake. But the Holy Ghost is here to warn you because once the cops arrest you for driving and drinking, it's too late. It's not a girlfriend. It's an emotional affair. That's the new terminology of the day. We no longer need the physicality of the relationship. We just step outside of our marriage and we have emotional affairs. Right? Come on, somebody. He's not preaching to me. That, that's, that's not an affair. I, I just found somebody outside of my marriage and I believe God's in it because they give me what my spouse does not give me. And it's not adultery, Pastor, because, and I don't know why I'm preaching this, but I'm oppressing. It's not adultery. I've never touched her. She's never touched me. It's just at night when my wife goes to bed, I send a few messages on Messenger. It's, it's innocent. I'll, I'll put some scripture there with it, and I'll talk to her as my friend. And the Holy Ghost has sent me to preach to somebody to let you know this morning that as long as you stay in denial, you are bound not just by what you think. Remember, freedom or the like thereof is that God wants to take you somewhere and let you be all that you can be in God. And you're believing that your marriage can never be what God intends it to be. So you're trying to find your, your relationship somewhere else. That's not your marriage. That's, oh, come on, somebody. That's not yours. Uh, Brother Nolan, it's prescription drugs, and I know I abused them, but the doctor gave them to me. He doesn't want you bound in any way, shape, or form. I'm not preaching against prescriptions. I'm not, I've got a doctor in the house. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm pastoring a lot of people that abuse it. I don't know why I'm pressing this this morning. And then they step outside of their doctor and they find doctors in the church and in the street and in the community. And the next thing you know, they lose everything they worked for. And I've come with a message to somebody that Jesus wants you free, but you cannot be like Abraham's descendants and say, I've never been bound by anything. Jesus cuts through all of that and says, okay, you say you're not bound. Truly, I say to you, verse 34, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. <laughs> he says, I won't play games with you. You say you're not bound, but I'll tell you the truth. If you're committing sin, you have a life of sin, you are a slave of sin. Verse 35, and as a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. As I close, listen, when you're bound, you are forfeiting the right to be a child of the king. And listen, you say, but pastor, I'm saved, but I've still got some bondages. Then listen to me. Then you are forfeiting the right to receive the privileges of the king. 
Get this. Slaves and children are in the same house. Listen to me. The difference, Chafin, is this. Sooner or later, slaves will leave, but children abide. Are you listening? For a moment, they're up under the same roof. But the difference is, is the inheritance. You could come over to the parsonage, and if you come on the right night, my wife might cook her famous macaroni and cheese. But unless you're homeless, or unless you need a place to stay for a night, come about 10.05, somebody's gonna have to take you to go car and you've gotta go home. You can visit for a little while, but unless I'm gonna take you off of my taxes, sooner or later, you gotta go home. Right? See, there's a difference between those who visit and those who dwell. And we're raising up a church, not, not North Walhalla. We're raising up a church where we teach people about all the benefits of a Christian. But Anthony, we're just not teaching them how to be a Christian. Tweet that. That needs to be said. And that's from the Holy Ghost. We show them all the benefits. You're not the head. I mean, you're not the tail, but you're the head. You're blessed going in. You're blessed coming out. All these good catchphrases, and while they might apply at times, they do not apply to everybody. We preach Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to their purpose. Well, that's fine, but you can't take that scripture out of context. To the young man that got arrested last night, he can quote that scripture all he wants to, but until he commits his life to the Lord, it is null and invalid to him. Oh, sure, if he commits his life to the Lord, God can take that bad and make it good. But why don't you go back to Romans 6 and 7 who says, they that walk in the spirit shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And as you walk in the spirit, you will not do those things that would bring shame to your life. And then you can claim all things work together. How do I know? Because I have been walking in step with the Holy Ghost. A slave does not stay in the house forever, but a son does. Therefore, the son receives the privileges of the father. I have two boys. Everything I do financially, everything I do financially is for them. You don't know me on this, so don't judge me on this. I don't have a lot of toys. I don't want a lot of toys. When I walked away from my father's business, I made a pact with God because the enemy told me that I stole my boy's inheritance. So everything that I do financially, I do for them. Though that is my toys. I put it back one day so I can say, Daddy wants to bless you with this. That's my financial goals. I want to be able to look at my boys and say, here are the heritages of the house. Brother Mike, but if my son's not living in the house, but living in bondage where he's going to waste the inheritance, I can't then therefore impute it to him righteously. And until he abides upon the umbrella, I can't bless him. But if he abides, 
He gets what nobody else gets. He gets the privileges of the house. As I close, I want somebody to hear me. God, your Father, has gifts and inheritance for you. And he wants to bless the children of the house. But to bless the children of the house, you've got to be children free indeed. For God's not going to scatter it to those that are not children of the house. Pastor Nolan, what is that? I have a home in heaven being made right now. I have a crown being fashioned for me right now. I have a destiny right now that will allow me to never taste death, hell, or the grave. But in a sense, they that believe on Jesus Christ shall never die. That's the privileges of being a child of the King. Would you stand with me, please, all over the house? I want to see some children of the house this morning be free. No man has ever spoke like this. Brother Nolan, I have desires for the same sex but I'm afraid to pray about it because the church will mock me. No, we won't. Nobody will call your sin out. Nobody will embarrass you. But as others come to this altar, and I did not say that by choice or chance. I said that by being propelled by the Spirit. Your sin may not be mine, and mine may not be yours, but the same God that set me free can set you free. Brother Nolan, if it ever comes out, I will be embarrassed if my sins ever come out and if their sins and Ben's sins and Joy's sins, if our sins ever came out, we would be embarrassed too, wouldn't we, Joy? But the good news is there's some people of faith that are mature in this church to realize we're just thankful that ours have been buried upon the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation in our hands this morning. I don't want you a slave bound. I want you to take your rightful room today. Ashton never, Russell, he never has to go. Listen to his clothes. It's not even 12 yet. Look at there. Ashton will come in the house today. He will take his shoes and socks off. How dare him? He acts like it's his house. Takes that. Next thing you know, he's got a little redneck from his mama from Kershaw. Then he'll take his shirt off. And I promise you, we got a refrigerator. It's a big refrigerator. You pull out the bottom. I think Melissa and them got when they were here. It's really nice. But Ashton can't reach the bottom. And in the bottom of the freezer is the popsicles. He only likes the ones from Ingalls, by the way. But what he'll do is, with his little no shoes, no socks, no shirt on, he will jump in the bottom of the freezer and pull out two popsicles because if you're sanctified, nobody gets just one. But you know what? If Russell came over to the house today, Pastor Russell, and he took off his socks and shoes and took off his shirt and jumped, Brandy, if he jumps in the bottom of the freezer, I'm going to close him up in there. Are you listening? And he comes out with, get that visual image in your mind, all right? He's got a red popsicle and a blue popsicle. And he looks at me and says, these are really good. Something's wrong, Right? As much as I love him, he's still not a child of my house. Russell would never do that. He may ask me, can I get a drink? Oh, I wouldn't care if he goes over today and gets what he wants. I trust him, but I know him by now. He would not do that. But little Ashton never has to ask. You want to know why? He belongs to my house. He can get whatever he wants. If he wants freedom, he can get it. 
If he wants freedom from bondage, from alcohol, from pornography, from suck, he can go in and get it right now. Go get it, son. Jump in the freezer and get what you want. He wants a right. Listen, somebody just said, Pastor Neil, I'm living right. I just want a companion. Listen, he's still the God that puts people together. Go ahead. Go in the house and grab it. You're a child. Go get it today. Brother Noel, I'm this close to breakthrough, but I got that one last sin. Listen to me. You never have a thousand sins. It's generally that one sin. It may be different. His is different than mine, but generally, once you beat that one last sin and you put it upon the blood and you're wise not to go back to it, then you can have the privileges of the house. I'm begging somebody before I pray, come into the house. Get what you want today. You're a child of the king. You're not a slave anymore. Father, I've preached your word. I've preached it. I've preached this last part with the anointing. At first, I felt the hindrances of the enemy. He tried every way to keep somebody bound, but the Holy Ghost prevailed. I feel a breakthrough anointing. I feel a yoke-breaking anointing in this house where a marriage is going to be free. I want to speak to that right now. There's a marriage in this house. You need freedom. Come back to your first love. Do your works over again. Let God restore and kindle that fire. You don't have to separate you don't have to go to the courthouse you can find redemption right here right here at this altar they're young people today you want freedom but you don't know where it's at I'm telling you where it's at it's right here today on the count of three I want these altars up but one you can come there's people already coming there's joke breaking power in this house I want you to sing Danny I want this choir to sing I want you to sing like heaven's coming down there's others in this house come right now on two one two three come come quickly come quick pastor you spoke to me I've got a struggle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, you're worried about what people's thinking. Forget about that. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free. Come on, can we give God a hand of praise for this individual? Amen. Sing, sing, sing. Holy Spirit. I want every Christian that would make your way to the altar. That way it's going to allow people who are afraid to come to drift in with you. Would you step out right now? You say, Pastor, I'm not bound. Well, come give God praise for freedom. Step out. Step out by faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. Come on. Every child that would, every child of the king, would you step out with me, please? To the Lord. No more condemnation. Joy of them that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes. Freedom. Total freedom. Total freedom. Oh, yes. Come on, let's sing that again. Let's sing. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're no longer a slave. You're a child of the house. But you got to want to be free. Oh, yes. Gotta to wanna to be free today. Oh, if you trust, trust us. Us.
lift your hands. Would you lift your hands this morning? Aren't you glad for freedom? Come on. Would you wave your hands as a testimony of freedom? If he set you free, you should be worshiping. Thank God, thank God he set me free. I'm a child of the king. Come on, JJ. You're a child, brother. You're a child. You're not a slave anymore. You're a child. You're a child. You're a child of the King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the Lord. Would you stretch your hand towards JJ right quick, please? I want to pray for him again. We're so proud of him. Comes to church faithfully, along with his family. Plays on our softball team. God has redeemed him from much like he's redeemed you and I from much. Amen? Amen. JJ, we love you. Just stretch your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, I want him. Freedom is being all that God has called you to be. Being released to attain, to apprehend the fullness thereof. Meaning that there are things that I know I can do through him. I'm not kept by my strongholds. Slaves no longer get the privileges of the house, but sons do. You are a son of a king. Live like it. Walk like it. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. God, we come against that right now. We break that stronghold. It's the last one, God, but it's the hardest one. But you're still a God of breakthrough. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's honor God. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here. Just remain standing. We're going to release you. We apologize for the microphone situation at first. We'll get that fixed. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes they're natural. Sometimes they are supernatural. I've seen both. We're just gonna say this was just something natural. Could be anything, we'll get it fixed. We appreciate, nobody knows the musicians or the singers or the sound people unless something goes wrong. Then everybody looks at Tommy like he did it, amen? But we got good people that continue to do good things so we can have church. And we're appreciative to all of them that give their time and their labor. I want you to walk in freedom. I don't know who in totality that the message was for, but I know some that should have been the older that were not. You're a child of the king, a son of the house. Amen. Don't be like those who said we've never been bound. Be truthful. And if you're truthful, he'll set you free. Amen. Amen. Pastor Russell's going to the front door till I can get there. Sometimes I stay around the altar with prayer or meeting new people. If you're visiting with us this morning, I would love to greet you properly if you would come down front. Also, your bulletin, there's a place that you can just pull away there. If you'd fill that out. Joy and I, we received you a gift this week. 
uh, for visiting with us, but also gives me a chance where we can make contact with you. So if you would fill that out as well. Tonight I'll be preaching. Please come back and be with us. 515 prayer meeting across the road. 6 o'clock service. Thank you for being in God's house. Father, we love you. We give you praise for what's done. For the breakthrough, excuse me, that has been made this morning. There's some at the altar, God, that I know that you've delivered. And there's a few in the congregation that I know, God, we're listening. God, I want to see them in freedom. Believe and commit. Know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. And if you're free, you're a child of the house. And you have the privileges of that same house. May there be more like little Ashton's and less like Russell's getting the popsicles. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You're free to go.